0: The GX on Agriculture podcast is brought to you by Future Ford in Melville. Future Ford is your automotive expert. From sales to service, they're the ones you can trust to get rolling again sooner. GX on Agriculture with Doug Falconer. Good afternoon and welcome to GX on Agriculture. Coming up on today's program, some good news. The, a number of the unions represented by the Public Service Alliance of Canada, have ended their strike after reaching a deal. We'll have reaction to that news from APAS Vice President uh, Bill Probilski and also the President of the Western Canadian Wheat Growers Association, Gunter Joachim. So all of those stories and much more coming up on today's edition of GX on Agriculture. But first, it's time for the Agriculture Outlook with Precision Weather. And that's a presentation of Milligan Bio. Milligan Bio now offers bio meal for your livestock, giving your animals more protein, more energy, and more of what they need. It's also brought to you by Sean Prahitka, your REMAX Blue Chip Ag Division Specialist. I'm- Welcome back to GX on Agriculture. There's relief in the agriculture industry today that the strike action taken by the Public Service Alliance of Canada or PSAC employees has ended. Bill Pribilski of Willowbrook, just west of Yorkton, is a vice president with the Agricultural Producers Association of Saskatchewan. Well,
1: obviously, we're we're um, glad that the the strike has been resolved and hopefully hopefully we can avoid any disruptions in the grain transportation and, and fertilizer movement and all those sorts of things so yeah we're we're happy that there has been a settlement for sure
0: he says the strike likely had an adverse effect on producers who rely on services from the Canadian grain Commission and agri stability
1: yeah absolutely but you know I don't know of any specific uh, examples of, of how it how it's affected anybody in particular, but the potential is definitely there for some uh, delays in in processing of of uh, you know applications for different programs. and you know grain movement was at at risk if 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 the strike had carried on for any length of time. so we're you know, we're happy that it's it's been resolved. and and you know, you know going forward, we'd hope that uh, these these kinds of things can be, uh, you know, resolve before it leads to any disruptions in, in grain movement or fertilizer movement because we know how critical that is, especially at this time of year.
0: But probilski stopped short of suggesting that PSAC workers should be subject to essential services legislation.
1: You know, obviously from, from our perspective, that would, be, that would be a good to see. Not sure that that's a, a realistic uh, ask, but, you know, s- something like that, would would be useful, or you know, just some some willingness for both sides to be proactive and and uh, get things done before it gets to the strike positions.
0: On another topic, he says spring seeding is right around the corner, but they can't start just yet. Getting
1: better. We're still quite quite wet here. We've still got snow along the edges of the fields and and bush lines and stuff. So we're we're not ready to be out there yet. But uh, you know we're looking at the forecast. Uh, you know, forecast looks pretty good for the coming weeks. So we're hoping maybe by the weekend to at least be out there. Maybe not seeding quite yet, but we'll do some some land preparation. Hopefully by the weekend.
0: As for Prabilski's seeding intentions,
1: we're going to kind of stick to our same rotation. We've we've uh, you know, kind of kind of follow a, a rotation that seems to work good for us and. You know, we know that there are some uh, some commodities, oats specifically, that the price has dropped off really hard and, and a lot of producers are backing away from seeding oats, but we're going to keep it in our rotation, so we'll, we'll kind of stick to the same old as
0: what we've been doing. He tells us what else he'll be seeding this spring. Uh,
1: we'll seed some canola, obviously wheat, spring wheat, uh, barley, oats, as I mentioned, and we see yellow peas and some red lentils.
0: Pribilski says they have a specific rotation for their peas.
1: Peas we try and keep uh, only one in six years, just to try and keep disease away. We, we don't have an issue with that yet here, but uh, some preventative, preventative measures, I think, are, are going to pay off in the long run, so we, we kind of stretch our pea rotation a little longer.
0: He notes that APAS has a meeting planned for this week.
1: Uh, the meeting we have coming up is just to address some internal issues, some governance policy stuff, and and just to make sure that we're being relevant and and uh, you, you know going forward that there we have a strong organization. So it's just some internal
0: stuff. And Probilski says there's always other issues to stay on top of.
1: There's always issues with uh, P- PMRA stuff and uh, uh, carbon tax stuff there's there's never a shortage of issues that's for sure.
0: Bill Probilski is a vice president of APAS and he farms in the Willowbrook area just west of Yorkton. It's time now for the Ag Review portion of our program and that's a presentation of new era ag technologies in Swan River. EX 94 Ag Review. Over 120,000 striking federal government employees were expected to return to work this morning after reaching tentative agreements overnight. The Public Service Alliance of Canada, or PSAC, has announced that it has reached tentative agreements for workers in four bargaining units who negotiate with the Federal Treasury Board of Canada Secretariat. Among others, the deal covers thousands of workers with the Federal Agriculture Department and related agencies such as the Canadian Grain Commission, Canadian Dairy Commission and Canadian Paramutual Agency. Affected units, whose separate collective agreements all expired in the summer of 2021, include program and administrative services, whose 99,000 odd workers at Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada and other federal departments administer programs and handle communications and information services, as well as technical services, whose 10,500-odd workers include Canadian Grain Commission employees handling primary production inspections, among other technical and scientific staff. PSAC says its bargaining teams will recommend that workers vote to ratify the tentative agreement. Three railroads, one each in the U.S., Mexico, and Canada, have joined forces to counter the Canadian Pacific-Kansas City, or CPKC, North American merger known as the Falcon Premium Intermodal Service, the Canadian National, Union Pacific, and Grupo Mexico Railroads have allied to ship goods between the three countries. Reports indicate that the Falcon Premium will dip into Mexico via Grupo Mexico Railways hubs in Monterey and Saleo and enter the U.S. via Eagle Pass, Texas. From that U.S. point, The Union Pacific Railway lines will be followed up into Chicago and Detroit, where it will then enter from Detroit into Canada and the Canadian National Railway Network to move goods east through Toronto, Montreal, Moncton, and ending at Halifax. To the west, from the Chicago hub, the trains will move to Winnipeg, Regina, Saskatoon, Edmonton, with a spur to Calgary, and then into British Columbia, where it splits into two hubs, Vancouver to the south, and Prince George to the north. Canadian farm groups are asking producers to lobby federal ministers and MPs to urge them to supersize a government proposal for what's called extended inter-switching. The measure essentially gives grain shippers a voice in which railway they deal with, as long as the competitor's line is no more than 160 kilometres away. It means a railway would have to pick up the rail cars loaded by a shipper and hand off the cars to the other railway. The Alberta Wheat Commission, along with the Alberta Barley and Alberta Pulse Growers, has joined a dozen other commodity groups and industry organizations in the lobbying campaign. They want the budget pledge of an 18-month trial extended to five years and the maximum distance for inter-switching up to 500 kilometers so it applies to the Peace region and the Carrot River growing region of northeastern Saskatchewan. CN and CPKC rail supplied a combined 99% of hopper cars ordered in Grain Week 38, an improvement from the previous week's 94% and the best one-week performance seen thus far during the 2022-23 grain year. The improvement reflects improved performance for each of CN and CPKC, In supplying 98% of hopper cars ordered on time in week 38, CN's performance improved from the 93% order fulfillment performance seen in week 37 and remained above the 90% performance threshold for the second straight week and sixth time in the last seven weeks. CPKC order fulfillment performance also improved, with the railway supplying 99% of cars ordered, up from the 96% order fulfillment performance seen the previous week. CPKC also remains above the 90% threshold for the second straight week and fifth time in the last six weeks. Weeks 37 and 38 represent the best two weeks of performance seen for CP during the current grain year. Canada has regained market access to Guatemala for Canada's pork, beef and poultry products, Guatemala had closed access to its market for Canadian meat products in December of 2013 due to new requirements to inspect facilities in Canada for approval of exports. Since 2013, the Canadian Food Inspection Agency, with the support of Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada, had been negotiating access to Canada's meat products to Guatemala. As part of this market access, Canadian exports of beef, pork and poultry meat products produced on or after April 17th of this year are now eligible to be exported to Guatemala. Increased exports into Guatemala had been part of Canada's long-term strategy to grow international markets for Canadian exporters, while contributing to global food security, benefiting global consumers with access to high-quality meat and poultry products. And be sure to listen to the latest GX on Agriculture podcast. It's brought to you by Future Ford in Melville. And that's the AgriView portion of our program. Please stay tuned. GX on Agriculture will be back in one minute's time. Future Ford has been serving
2: the Melville area for over 30 years. They focus on the future. Their staff are ready for what's to come. Ford Tech is changing all the time with new vehicle technology like EV, self-driving, and more.
0: Get ready to drive into the future. Why? Because the future is Future Ford. Welcome back to GX on Agriculture. I'm Doug Falconer. It's sunny and 10 degrees in the Yorkton-Melville region. I'll have your complete weather details coming up at the top of the hour. Canadian farmers won't have to worry about grain movement coming to a complete halt. A tentative deal between the federal government and workers with the Public Sector Alliance of Canada Union has been reached. The Canadian Grain Commission is within PSAC. Only Canada Revenue Agency workers remain on the picket lines. President of the Western Canadian Wheat Growers Association, Gunter Joachim, who farms west of Winnipeg, is pleased a deal was reached.
3: Relief, definitely relief, because management uh, at the Grain Commission and uh, everybody around the export of our grains uh, was able to maintain the flow of grain, and uh, there was no delays, but that wasn't going to hold forever. And so we're, we're pleased that the workers are back to work and uh, there was no real downtime
0: he was very concerned that grain movement would be adversely affected by the strike
3: absolutely like any any kind of delay would have uh, backed up the pipeline the flow of grain from uh, the the country elevators through the railways down to port and then loading vessels i mean uh if vessels don't get loaded the shippers have to pay a uh, demerge, and it can run as high as $10,000 per vessel per day. So that could add up really fast. The strike, thank goodness, wasn't long enough to cause any delays but we were getting very close i talked to the chief commissioner at the grain commission and he was very worried he said management was working seven days a week and if there was any kind of uh downtime from any of the managers uh they would have fallen behind very quickly and so it's good to see that the strike is over and that there was no delay
0: Yokum says all the wheat growers' members are very relieved by this news.
3: Yes, absolutely. Uh, we're going to be relieved. Uh, I mean, seeding is just getting underway. Lots of bills will have to be paid. You know, the last of our grain from last year will have to be hauled out. And now there won't be any disruption in that. Uh, we will be able to do all those things with, without any delay and be able
0: to get paid for the grain that we deliver. And he had these final thoughts.
3: Maybe wanted to add that the government should really consider the Grain Commission's role in doing the actual inspection. It is done very well by private companies. Around 70% of the grain that gets exported is already inspected by private companies. And that seems to be working very well. The way the Grain Commission works currently uh, still goes back to the Wheat Board days, and those days are over. It's, It's time to bring the Grain Commission and the Grain Act up to date, and the government should start at reviewing both the Grain Act and the Grain Commission's role. We're not asking to get rid of the Grain Commission. We're just asking to have a review of the Grain Commission and transition it into a regulator rather than an actual service provider.
0: That's Gunter Yochum. He's the president of the Western Canadian Wheat Growers Association. Livestock Market Conditions. U.S. Live Cattle Futures for June closed at 16487 today. That's down sixty. August live cattle closed at 162.65 down 112. August feeder cattle closed at 230.10 down 62. September feeder cattle closed at 233.07 down 72. June lean hogs closed at 89.70 down 2 full cents. July lean hogs closed at 91.30 down 237. And that's the livestock market conditions. The grassland fire season has started early in Alberta and emergency response officials and some western RM's in Saskatchewan are keeping a close eye on the situation as well. Alberta wildfire says two fires combined yesterday in the Evansburg-Entwistle area about 150 kilometres west of Edmonton. The fire is now estimated at more than 6,000 acres and is considered out of control. One home in the Parkland County area was destroyed yesterday. While there are no serious fire issues yet in Saskatchewan, it's dry over many western areas of the province as well. Steve Roberts is the Vice President of Operations with the Saskatchewan Public Safety Agency.
2: Our conditions are similar to the ag areas in Alberta, so we are looking at conditions where fires will grow rapidly. The one large fire we currently have as an example was reported and initially to us as well as the local fire department and within an hour and 15 minutes had grown to the size of just over 1,000 hectares. So the type of fuel that we have, the wind that we see in the spring will rapidly move these fires. They're not large, they don't contain a lot of fuel, but they move very quickly and also seem to get out of hand quickly. So if people are not prepared while they're burning, this is often the cause of fires that uh, get away and need extra support.
0: Robert says RMs and volunteer fire departments are the main response to grassland fires below the tree line but aerial assistance can be requested in more serious situations.
2: The primary responsibility for wildfire in the south is the rural municipalities. However, they have both mutual aid and they have the ability to request resources to augment their response from the public safety agency. So, for instance, our aircraft would be available to support them or ground crews. One of the examples is we do have one fire south of the forest that has occurred That had both municipal fire departments from the local jurisdiction, mutual aid agreements, and public safety agency staff were also involved in the response to that grassland fire.
0: You can check out which RMs have instituted fire bans by going to the saskpublicsafety.ca website. Please stay tuned. GX and Agriculture will return in 60 seconds time. Welcome back to GX on Agriculture. An outbreak of strep zoo in Alberta has demonstrated the difficulty in eliminating the infection from the farm. The Canada West Swine Health Intelligence Network swine disease surveillance report for the fourth quarter of 2022 highlighted a case of strep zoo detected last September on a sow farm in Alberta. The outbreak occurred on a 5,000 sow operation and saw high mortality in sows in late September and into October. Canada West Swine Health Intelligence Network Manager Dr. Yetta Christensen has the latest.
4: Uh, for the fourth quarter we actually did have three uh, conditions uh, to follow up on uh, from the previous quarters. One was a case of Streptococcus zoo epidemicus in Alberta or we usually just uh, say strep zoo for short The other one is the ongoing outbreak uh, of porcine epidemic diarrhea, PED, in Manitoba. It's been ongoing since October 2021, so we we update on that uh, each quarter. And the last one was Seneca Valley virus. It's a skin syndrome that uh, causes blisters, and we had that come up in the third quarter, and we wanted to follow up on that again. And so in addition to those three conditions that we did follow up on, this quarter we focused on, on unusual clinical signs that were detected by the practitioners and they put them in as comments in their quarterly survey that we do. And that brings up a lively discussion at our quarterly calls uh, with these unusual cases either because they present with different clinical signs than expected or uh, because it's new organisms that they find in these unusual cases that we don't know very much about. Uh, So it's really unclear if these new organisms or very rare or uncommon uh, organisms uh, have any role in the disease or what is going on so that's of interest of course to the practitioners to share that experience uh, across the provinces so so they can be uh, aware that something new might be happening i don't say that it is but it might be happening but just to increase the awareness there
0: she tells us what's changed in regards to strep zoo uh,
4: let's just go back to September 1st where the new case was detected in Alberta. Prior to that we've only had uh, five cases in Manitoba dating back to uh, 2019, early 2019 they were detected. And those first five cases have been cleared up Uh, but now we're dealing with this new case in Alberta. It's a 5,000 cell operation. And they first saw uh, high mortality in South late September going into October. So, so that is sort of the, the background. They've been trying to avoid depopulating the entire premises uh, and try to deal with it by feedback procedures and heavy medication that has been unsuccessful it seemed to be under control after a couple of months uh, going into early december it seemed to be under control with the treatments they stopped the treatments and then the mortality came back now this is a really dramatic disease because it causes sudden death in in, in south and the reports from some from, from the practitioner is that from a sow starts to go off feed and show a little depression until the sow is dead is less than 12 hours. So it's really hard to keep on top of that because if you're going to cure the sow or or, or get it to survive, you have to get in with early treatment. So you really have to catch sows developing the disease within a few hours of the first onset. This farm has experienced up to over 300 dead within the first four months. And lately, the reports has, has been that this high mortality is continuing. So the, the feedback we got from them was that uh, exposure under treatment uh, from October to December did fail as a control measure. The other experience from that herd is that uh, Strep is actually a slow-moving disease. It's not going through the, the entire herd as, as a wild uh, storm uh, going through. It's, it's sporadic. It's only a few uh, sounds at a time. And it also seems to be requiring very close contact, so nose-to-nose contact. But still, with a high mortality, it's a dramatic disease.
0: Christensen provides her recommendations.
4: The recommendations is to avoid it. <laughs> um, so uh, everybody should be on the lookout for sudden deaths in South. Get the practitioner in, get an early diagnosis. The bad thing about Strep sioux, apart from the high mortality that it costs the producer, is that it can look very much like African swine fever. So you really need to be... Uh, on the lookout for uh, sudden death in sows and get your practitioner, your swine practitioner in and evaluate the situation as soon as possible. And if the practitioners come in, uh, then please request an African swine fever rule-out test to make sure that it's not African swine fever in the background. You can do that. Producers can ask the practitioner Uh, to request an ASF rule-out test when they send in material to the laboratories. uh, That would be a, a really good precaution to
0: take. That's Dr. Yetta Christensen. She's the manager of the Canada West Swine Health Intelligence Network. Coming up, she'll tell us about what's going on with PED in Manitoba. Commodities Update. canola futures closed mixed in the nearby months today July canola closed at seven o four sixty that's up a dollar twenty November canola closed at six eighty two sixty unchanged from Friday's close July Minneapolis wheat closed at seven ninety one per bushel down twelve and three quarters of a cent July Kansas city wheat closed at 757 and a quarter down 19 cents. July Chicago wheat closed at 618 and a quarter down 15 and a half cents. July corn closed at five eighty-four and a half, and a half down a half a cent. July soybeans closed at fourteen twenty-seven and a half, and a half up 8 and a quarter cents. July oats closed at 304 and three quarters, down seven and a quarter cents. And that's the commodities update. (coughs) Welcome back to GX on Agriculture. I'm Doug Faulkner. We were speaking with Canada West Swine Health Intelligence Network Manager, Dr. Yetta Christensen. She was outlining what's going on with PED in Manitoba.
4: Quarter four went very well. The cleanup was processing, processing as as expected. The last case in quarter four was late October, so there were no new cases in November and December, and more and more farms got presumptive negative status, so, so that was really good. However, in January and February, uh, there's been some high-traffic, uh, high-risk sites contaminated with PED. So these contaminated places were found with the ongoing surveillance that is supporting the cleanup of PED in Manitoba. So that has heightened the awareness and it's heightened the demand for good biosecurity for all vehicles that transport pigs. And in addition, there's been three new premises declared infected and one premises has had its status revoked so the premise that had the status revoked uh, was a premise that was infected earlier in this outbreak got presumptive negative status and now it's clinical again so that's a real outbreak uh, but the other three premises have been declared infected only because they now have received recovered pigs uh, so they're, they're not high high risk, but they're just as a precaution uh, Declared infected because we don't know if these recovered pigs will start shedding again That's a nat- nat- natural progression as they clean up the nurseries They need finisher spaces for these recovered nursery pigs So we expected that to go on uh, for the next couple of months so in summary as of uh, February 21st, there were 43 active cases, so active premises that have not yet reached transitional status, the first step to, towards cleanup. Two of these were had cells uh, only, and five were nurseries, and the last 36 had finishers. So it could be fairer to finish, or it could be finishers only. So... Basically, um, what we need to convey now is that producers, barn managers, transporters, and veterinarians should note that the number of positive surveillance covers all uh, high-risk, high-traffic premises. So it could be assembly yards, large and small processing plants, uh, holding facilities, and this winter weather, these winter months, it is extremely difficult to clean and control uh, the PED on these high traffic sites, so assume that they are contaminated. So when your producers keep high biosecurity when you have any vehicles coming from these uh, high traffic places, you should also be on lookout for clinical signs, diarrhea typically uh, with PED. So that's the highlights.
0: That's Dr. Yetta Christensen. She's the manager of the Canada West Swine Health Intelligence Network. Farm Bulletin Board Farm Credit Canada is now accepting applications from registered charities, nonprofit organizations, and First Nations, Metis, or Inuit governments and communities in rural Canada. For the FCC Spirit Fund, the fund will award $1.5 million in funding this year. The application deadline is just two weeks away. It's May 15th, and FCC will announce the selected projects in September. Applicants can view the eligibility requirements, past projects, and apply online by visiting www.fccagrispiritfund. For the past 19 years, FCC has awarded rural community groups between $5,000 and $25,000 in FCC Agri-Spirit funding for various community improvement initiatives. This year, the fund will once again support capital projects that enrich the lives of residents in cities, towns or indigenous communities with fewer than 150,000 people. Examples include refrigeration and equipment to support food waste reduction and recovery, construction of community buildings or improvements or upgrades that reduce a building's energy footprint, greenhouses and community gardens, and various other agriculture and food-related initiatives in rural communities. Since inception of the FCC Spirit Fund in 2004, FCC has supported 1,529 capital projects in rural Canada, totaling $19.5 million in donations. And just of, once again, I mention that there is a GoFundMe page set up for Doug Ukrainitz of Ukrainitz Auctioneers. Uh, you may have heard that he's battling cancer in Arizona. So if you want to check that out, go to GoFundMe and you will find a page there has been set up Doug Ukrainitz. And the East Central Research Foundation Farm near Yorkton is looking for a new research assistant or even a co-coordinator that could take the leadership role in a few years. If you know of someone who would be interested, they can email m.hall at parklandcollege.sk.ca or you can simply give Mike Hall a call at 306-621-6032. And that's today's Farm Bulletin Board. It's now 1 o'clock in Saskatchewan, 2 o'clock in Manitoba. Time to check the GX94 Precision Weather Forecast. For the Quill Lakes, Hudson Bay, Swan River, Broadview, Mooseman, Indian Head, and Yorkton, Melville, Roblin, Russell regions today, sunny skies, winds east-northeast under 10 kilometers an hour, and a high of 14 degrees. For tonight, clear winds east at 10 to 15 and a low of plus one. For tomorrow, sunny winds south southwest at 15 to 25, a high of 21, an overnight low of seven. For Wednesday, mainly sunny winds north northeast at 15 to 25, a high of 25. For Thursday, mainly sunny, a high of 20. And Friday, mainly sunny, with a 20% chance of isolated evening showers, a high of 19. In the Paw, it's 11 degrees. Swan River, Dauphin, Brandon and Roblin all reporting in at 10. Show Lake Russell, 9. Regina is at 15 degrees. Saskatoon, 17. Hudson Bay, 13. Broadview Mooseman, 11. Indian Head, Winyard, Wadena, Kelvington, 12. The Yorkton-Melville region has a sunny sky, an east-southeast wind at 4 kilometers an hour. 31% is the relative humidity. The temperature is 10 degrees. That's your agriculture weather, and that'll do it for GX on Agriculture for today. Be sure to tune in again tomorrow at 12.15 Saskatchewan time for another edition of the program. It's time now for the news and sports headlines. The GX on Agriculture podcast has been brought to you by Future Ford in Melville. When you're in the market for a new Ford, stop by Future Ford for a great selection of new and used vehicles.